to episode 12 of Please Rewind. This is the podcast where we review classic films chosen by you. And it's hosted by Steve Duncan, me, Jeremy Dove. So let's get to it. Here's Steve. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hashtag not my roadhouse movie. Oh, God. Oh, you're so bad about that roadhouse trip. <laughs> so you're mad about so it. So mad. So mad about I, it. And you know what makes it... Me and I, I went and watched it, and I just <laughs> laughed at you. <laughs> um, what the worst part is, in that trailer, they have, what's her name, saying roadhouse. Like, it feels like a hundred times. I think yeah, it's only yeah, like yeah. two or three. I feel I think it's only a couple times, but it's just it's like, they keep calling it roadhouse. My yeah. roadhouse. My roadhouse. <laughs> and I'm just like, you motherfuckers. How dare you? <laughs> and the thing is, you know what? It's it's shitty because I would probably think, oh, it looks fun. Like if it was just something else. Yeah. Right. Like I, not. You yeah. think, I don't think this yeah. looks fun. I think this looks like the like a movie that I just was made for me to hate it. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't mean that I like would be anticipating it or okay. want to see it necessarily. I just mean like, oh, OK, it's just like a fun but brawling movie and the UFC fans will like it or whatever. Yeah. And, 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 but yeah, no, it's. um yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's what we've talked about this before. You know, like it's, even though it's like campy and cheesy and it's, I just feel like there are roadhouses, maybe one of those two precious to remake films. And, uh, but I mean, that's the Hollywood machine. It's just the thing. But, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't like, is it interesting that you feel that way? Though. It's interesting that you feel that way about roadhouse. <laughs> to me. No, I, I, no, it's I true. Well, let's say, listen, it's not. I felt that way about Karate Kid too when they remade yeah. it. I was mad. Like I just well, I, I feel that way about Karate Kid. I mean, that's that's that's, that's yeah. obviously. But yeah, is Roadhouse really as beloved? Uh, is it is it held up there? Is it no is no it, no no? That it, back to the Future category? No no no. God no 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 no. So. But I, I it just it, it's something about. I think it has more to do with like nostalgia for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm a Patrick Swayze fan. Um, like just it sort of checks those types I of feel bo- like boxes. Yeah. When I watch this trailer, I'm like, oh god, so much just gross toxicity. I'm like gagging. And, yeah. Uh, but then I, but then I go, well, it were all those essential toxic elements present in the original Roadhouse? Like the original idea of the original movie, isn't it? Like it's gonna isn't it I, almost a natural evolution to get to this gaggy point with, 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 yeah. with what it is? I don't I don't feel the first one is toxic to be honest with you. Like no. I, I um You don't uh, think like the fun about the the enjoying the violence is part of it? Oh no, the violent part, well that's but I mean, it, it it depends. Well, like I don't know the plot of this one. I, like I mean, right. loosely. I, I, right. But I just mean, like I mean, you have to think about it. like the the big thing about the first one is we actually never really find out why he's a good a fighter. He's a right. philosopher. He went to school. He's into literature. Right. Like he's a, like he's not. <laughs> yeah. Like he just happens to be good at fighting. Whereas yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal was a is a UFC fighter in this. Right. Right. Like he's <laughs> like he's that's what he does for a living. Right. Whereas it's so targeted, it's just so. It's yeah, so I don't know. Oh, like, I, I don't know. It just feels like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm Is not Joe this. Rogan an executive producer on this? Probably, because it fucking looks like it. To me. Probably. Yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, I bummed about that. But um, yeah. um, uh, yeah. So here we are. We're doing our run up, sort of, to the Oscars here. Yes, so, here and a couple of other uh, best picture things to talk about. Um, uh, cleanse the palate with some. One thing that was sort of fun the other day, and you started it with the the movies 
you know, a big movie that you have not seen. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was sort of a fun Which little apparently thing. Apparently, isn't true. By the way, apparently, I'm I'm losing it, and you I'm completely forgot it. that you. Apparently, <laughs> yes. Kind anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's interesting, right? I mean, there was a few more. I'm not the only Matrix uh, one there. There was a few people uh -huh. who said they uh -huh. hadn't seen the Matrix, but uh, so I, I'm not alone there for sure. But um, right. yeah, it's always interesting to me. Like some some films are like it's not like when Kevin one time Kevin had never seen Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like like that's just hard to do, just only because it's, yeah. it's on so much and da 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 da. So uh -huh. like things like that are interesting to me. Whereas I still, even though the Matrix was a it was big, I don't know. I just feel like it hasn't aged like in the sense that like it's still relevant i feel like the new one came and went i know mm. you didn't enjoy it um, the franchise isn't still relevant yeah so yeah like it's not the it's original not like, the original yeah. film has themes that are hugely hugely relevant yeah uh, and uh and and the writing on the first one like everything with the first i know i keep repeating this like a broken record uh yeah. the first matrix to me still a masterpiece um in many many ways um and and hugely relevant to today but but the rest of them they were just trying to build out a universe trying to build out a franchise and and it just it fell apart um some weird ones in here too though like uh scoot deville has said he's never seen any of the marvel movies that's just any any he used the word any well you just got to be a fucking asshole to do that like <laughs> like it sets some, i i i don't know who this and, scoot deville person is but and sounds he said, like a fucking ass yeah yeah and he said they're just not for me okay fine uh but still that's just hard to do only because there's, there's just so many but anyways um uh heidi's never seen the princess bride which seems that's you know, yeah uh, that's jeff extreme. shorthouse said he's never seen titanic or et et jeff titanic Titanic. I everyone saw Titanic. Yeah, I actually, I, you know what? I don't even believe true. him. I don't believe I him. against my I will. I saw him. Titanic, but yes, I, everyone yeah. saw it. You yeah. can't like it's yeah. it, it's math. Yeah. Um, I e. don't believe. E. How do you not? Jeff's yeah. a, he's a liar. Jeff, you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> Adam Kelly didn't see Top Gun. Like this, this is these are not small movies. Ali hadn't seen the Goonies. Christy hasn't seen any James Bond movies. Any, any. Any, any, right? <laughs> sure, Chris. <laughs> sure. So it's like I, you know, there's the odd time where I'm like, "Geez, man, I haven't seen the Matrix. That's a big one." But then you see that, and you're like, "Jesus." <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yo, good point. Good point. So, I uh, yeah, those are interesting ones. And yeah, we 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 don't see movies for certain reasons. Like Marcy said, she she'll never watch a Tom Cruise movie because she hates Tom Cruise. I, it's fine. I I understand that. But uh, yeah, you should understand that. <laughs> so yeah, some things are just. It's, but that's like an intentional thing, right? Yeah, like I don't yeah. think if you know Heidi hasn't seen the Princess, maybe she does hate rob reiner and <laughs> she hates but i mean it's just it's just it's not a choice necessarily you just haven't gotten around to it it was, maybe it was or, just yeah. a time it was just you know she had the opportunity to try something new or to put it on pulp fiction again and that's heidi's, right heidi's gonna heidi that's, that's right yeah heidi be hiding um <laughs> speaking of the oscars the nominations came out last week john williams 91 years old is the oldest nominee ever well and since he has no it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. He'll just keep adding to that with his 54th nomination, which is his record increasing total. Like he beat the record a while ago. Now he's just widening the gap. Yep. 
So, I mean, he's got some big movies still coming, I think, uh, last time I checked. So I think he's going to add to that, the yep. nomina- um, age and nominations. Uh, yeah, Oppenheimer, 13 total nominations and expect them to win most of them. If not all. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, Barbie got eight nominations. Uh, there's a bit of a controversy because it's no best director nod um, and no best actress for Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm nomination uh that one i agree with i don't think she was one of the best actresses this year yeah i'm not crazy about her not getting a director nod um i also hate the fact that they got nominated for adapted screenplay um it should just be screenplay what's it adapted from (laughs) like there's no fucking barbie novel there's no Barbie. I mean, maybe there's a well, Barbie. There, there are. There are. I don't think that there's a Barbie novel. I don't. There might be a Barbie yeah, comic or something. Like but, um, young adult, young adult novels. I bet you there are in comics not, for sure. And yeah, I don't think TV so. shows that you don't know about. Like tons of them. Yeah, but that's no, but like, no, adapted from something that just exists in the world isn't a thing. Right mm-hmm. when you when you an adapted screenplay thing is credited to a to a certain source material. Well, you know, we could have this conversation about, about Braveheart, I guess. Um, well, like Amadeus, I mean, the guy wrote the screenplay, but from his own book, Amadeus. So, like, it's adapted from that that particular source, right? right? So, it has to be a specific particular source you adapt. It can't just be an IP. Sure. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's not adapted. It should have been original. I'm not the only one who thinks that. Um. Based on characters created by, that's based on. That's not adapted from. Um, Pillars of the Flower Moon ten nominations, including one for Lily Gladstone, who was uh, more likely going to be the fir- well, that's, the first first I Native American it. to be nominated, and 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 all signs point to her winning. So love that for a film. Loved her performance. Uh, I um, love that nomination. Scorsese at 81, the oldest director nominee ever. Um, I think he deserves it. Leo getting shut out. No noms for for Leo. Which tracks with the season? He hasn't been getting tons of nominations. Um, His role was very one note. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he like like put the word out behind the scenes. Yeah, just uh, just leave me out of everything for a while. I'm good. Well, you have to submit right for awards, yeah. so yeah. they may yeah. not have submitted them, but. Uh, he didn't get a SAG or a BAFTA nod either. So this is this, this not a huge surprise. Um, yeah, and then uh, Godzilla minus one. Godzilla snagged their first Oscar nomination ever. So that's for visual effects. That's that's cool. Can't wait to see that movie. But um, yeah, it's uh, some interesting... What was that? Um, like I said, if you follow the season, not a ton of surprises, really. Um, and the winners are more or less predetermined by the time the Oscars roll around. So, but still kind of some nice, some nice milestones there, especially with John Williams. That's a pretty 91 years old, like fucking pack it in, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, just nah. to be, just to be cognitive at that age is insane. If he, if like, and not, and not just cognitive like as in like dress yourself and go check the mail. Like he yeah. is fucking like at the, like the highest level of orchestration, film orchestration anyways, that you can D- do directing great movies. Writing, directing, great movies. What? John Williams, composer. John Williams, sorry, that's what I meant. Mm. That's Scorsese. Oh, you're talking about Scorsese. Yeah, and that's, and and again, even more so, like, even at that age, is still, like, to be the director of a major film like that is, like, to to have the the cognitive ability to function, like, to be a director on a set is an 
impossibly difficult proposition. Uh, and then to do it at, at, at that age, I mean, it gives, it gives hope for all of us, I guess. The best of their uh, generation. And like my Uncle Jack, who's having his 95th birthday today, yes, gives me hope. 95, nice. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, it gets... Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any... I think John Williams certainly is considered the greatest uh, film composer of all time. Um, well, I mean... Uh, Scorsese... Uh, there's a great... Um, now, nah, even though with contemporaries, they all kind of point to him. Um, I think even like Hans Zimmer... Who is John Williams Salieri? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as part of the run up, we're look, we're taking a look at uh, past best picture winners um, as chosen by you. And um, two interesting ones here. Um, um, let's get to it. Up first, Amadeus. 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 Release date September Amadeus, 19th, Amadeus, 1984. Amadeus. Some would say the greatest year in film history. Directed by Milos Forman. And Milos Forman is one of those is an interesting director because like he doesn't have a huge uh library like right like he's not like he doesn't he's only got about six 15 films that he's directed um but they're all like big <laughs> you know what i mean like right. he uh one flew of the cuckoo's nest is one of only three films to win all five major categories of the oscars the other two being um uh it happened one night and um uh science of the lambs um hair ragtime amadeus people versus larry flint man in the moon like he's I mean, you could make an argument, maybe. He's not the best, but he's up there, I think. But uh, anyways, mm -hmm. uh, Milos Forman, um, screenplay by uh, Peter Schaefer, based on his book of the same name, starring, of course, F. Murray Abraham, Tom. I don't know how to say this last name. Is it Holsey? Holkey? Holtz? Uh, I don't know. I, I admit I don't know. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Elizabeth Barrage and Simon Callow uh, made $90 million on an $18 million budget. Not bad. Especially for this movie, right? Like that would be this this movie would make like five dollars today. I don't think people would sit through this today. Um interesting thing I learned. Um did you do any research into this one at all? Uh about the history? Like the, make, the, the making no, yeah, not, the no the, the movie. No, um so uh <laughs> where did it go? I need to bring this up here. There's a Mark Hamill connection. Um, where the fuck is it? I want to make sure. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, Mark Hamill, who replaced Tim Curry as Mozart on the stage play on Broadway, read like audition for this part for the film. Um, Foreman ultimately decided not to cast him due to his association with the character of Luke Skywalker, feeling the audiences would not believe him as the composer. Wow. So he was like, but that to me says he was good enough to get it. Uh, he could have played that role. But it was just his, you know, the the big Star Wars thing that is the reason why he didn't get it, not because he wasn't capable or didn't do a good audition. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, it, it, to see him on Broadway playing it, would, replacing Tim Curry would have been would have been fun too, for sure. But uh, yeah. Star Wars just costing costing him work, Jerry. Well, <laughs> um, so Amadeus, big film that year, eleven Academy Award nominations, winning eight of the eleven. Uh, won Best Picture up against The Killing Fields, great movie. Passage to India, great. Places in the Heart, great. A Soldier Story, great. Tough. That's a tough year. That's a weird year too, eh? Because none of those films are like historically like most people probably haven't seen those movies. Yeah. Um, 
in different year, right? And then Milos wins Best Director going up against Woody Allen, Roland Joffe, David Lean, Robert Benton. Best Actor, F. Murray Abraham won uh, against his partner, Tom Holtzi, or Holtzi, which is mm-hmm. interesting. They submitted both for lead actor. That is crazy, too. Um, and Jeff Bridges and Starman. Jeff Bridges had a Starman nomination. Wow. It's amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Albert Finney and Sam Waterston, who was great in The Killing Fields. Um, uh, I think I would say well-deserved. I, I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't, it's interesting. Only, it's, I don't know. It feels like he's more of a supporting role in this. Because it's even though it's yeah. his, it, the story is his point of view. Of, like literally, he's telling the story in the film. Yeah. Um. But it's tough. Yeah. But and I mean, he, he deserves the win of some kind. He was fantastic in this film. So, anyways, I haven't seen Amadeus in a long fucking time, mm-hmm. and like a really long time. Um. And uh, I like I was saying, I I watched the director's cut. Um. So it's which was which is about half hour longer than the theatrical cut and is yeah. rated R, which the yeah. theatrical cut wasn't. Um, I don't remember. I would have seen. I wouldn't have seen the director's cut the last time I saw this film, um, and I so I don't remember it well enough to know to notice any difference. Like you could have right. told me this was not. I wouldn't have noticed a difference. But anyways, right. um, one thing I one thing that's interesting to me, and it makes like all this, all the accolades make sense. Um, and, and and he got like best writing nomination didn't win obviously but um um this movie is spellbinding to me yeah like i sat like i was into like i was into it yeah like, yeah like i was into it like it makes sense to me why it did so well cuz it's not something that like you immediately look look back upon and like it doesn't like i said it doesn't stand out amongst the greats right like i think if you were to do like a list of all the best picture winners like rank all the best picture winners i think this would be very low right um, I don't think it's it's rem- it's it's not remembered up there with the greats, um, but it's it was like I was like I don't think I could take my eyes off of it. it pulled you in, yeah, it very much pulled me in. The writing is fantastic, the screenplay is great, mm-hmm. um, and these two lead performances, F. Murray Abraham and and Tom, I'll just say I'll say Holchi, um, are great, and they're great. They're great when they're in the same when they're sharing the screen together. They're fantastic. F. Murray's character. Um, is so good with his, you know, like how this secret obsession, right, with Mozart, and yep. and I love the play of, you know, of him. Of course, it's it's there's so much competition, but he can't help but he has the biggest crush on him, right? He, yeah. he basically falls in love with him, yep. and and I love that those scenes where he just even at, especially the one near the end. <laughs> when he just says to him, like in a moment of just pure brutal honesty, like I can't remember the line exactly, but he's just like, I just, I think you're the greatest composer I've ever heard or something. Yeah. Right. Like he just, late, greatest, just yeah. Just tells the greatest composer that I know of. Yeah. Right. And like something he probably, he wouldn't admit in public, yeah. not with an audience. Um, so I, I just love the way it plays this, that they're, they're back and forth. And I love his character sort of like not manipulating things, but, just doesn't want to deliver the death blow ever, does he? Because at the end, he has so much respect and love for this guy. Right. And it, it pains him because he's such a shit wreck, <laughs> right? Because right. he's such, it's like, it's like such a, to him, I don't know if he thinks it's a waste of talent, but he definitely thinks like, this is somebody who needs to be preserved and kept alive. 
Like, I, I think, yeah, like, I think he, he, because he's fallen in love with them and he, and ultimately he, I think he's such a, an artist. He's such a pure artist at heart. He can't help but see this other, this gift, right? I think he loves him more than wants him dead. Um, yeah. Sure. Like, he's, like, he's definitely jealous enough of him to want his i don't think i don't believe him because he talks about it how he says like there's a big difference between like wanting someone dead and actually killing them right yes um i don't believe he ever would have went through with it right so like i think that mozart did him a favor (laughs) just being a total wreck right but uh i uh yeah man i i don't i enjoyed this i uh it's again it's like the films last week it's like where do i i don't know where to like i don't really have anything bad to say about it i loved um Simon Callow's character, like his buddy who was performing at the like the low grade opera house. Yep. Um the vaudeville. The vaudeville one. Um just and then there's a couple so like he's instantly recognizable in a funny way. He's the bad guy in Ace Ventura part two, if anyone remembers that. Yeah. Uh kind of a funny part. But he's been in a bunch of stuff. I don't know if you noticed too, one of the characters in it is um the Baron, right? From the 1984 dude. Which, sorry? I don't remember the guy's name in the movie. I'd have to look it up. But in in the David Lynch Dune. Oh, Dune. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Baron in that. He's in this. Um, But he's got a powdered wig on. He looks totally different, obviously. But as soon as he walked the room, I was like, ah, yeah. Um, So this cast is full of, like, recognizable people. uh, Like Cynthia Nixon, right, is that hysterical maid who <laughs> ends up running away because she's so scared of his behavior and that's yeah. a, that's a great scene where she's like bawling and f murray abraham is just like completely ignorant to her pain right it's just like was he writing what was he writing yeah, <laughs> yeah. and she's like an opera i think yeah um, and she's so clearly young cynthia nixon um it's uh it's awesome oh she's a baby and you almost yeah. don't even recognize her yeah but you can but you can clearly recognize her um but- so yeah, I mean, I thought, like I said, I don't really have. I have nothing negative to say about the film. That's for sure. Maybe the runtime. Um, but uh, yeah, I found it thoroughly. And even like, I don't like operas, mm-hmm. right? I don't. I'm not even a huge stage play stage play person. Yeah. Um, but like this movie does such a great job of never. It doesn't like. I don't feel it doesn't linger on any one thing long enough for you to, for it to take you out of the film. Right. You know what I mean? So like, I don't. It, it's. Um, I feel like it would work just as well without even showing any of the actual performances. But of course we need to just to sort of see certain things happen. But uh, um, I, I, I like, yeah, I was totally into it. I was just uh, really enjoyed watching it. Like I said, I, it was a little long maybe, but um, interesting. I like the, I like the setup, right? The priest interviewing him late in life for his final, you know, absolution or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, love the scene at the end where he's like rolling him down the hall and he's and he's providing that to everyone else. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like it. I like I like I like the setup. I like the style. Um, but you don't think it would succeed today? You mentioned that. Earlier. No, I don't think so. I think it's too long. Um, I, I think period pieces have a shelf life. I don't think they they're as big as as they used to be. Um, but I there's don't... a whole huge audience for like uh, I think it would. Downton I mean, listen, Abbey. You know. I don't think I don't think it would be financially successful. I, I, maybe it depends on who you cast. Like, who would right. you cast today? Uh, well, I, I mean, th- this role to me screams out for a young Robert Downey Jr. We don't have a young Robert Downey Jr. to play it. To play Amadeus. So who, or to play Mozart. Right to play yeah, Mozart. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who I would put today in it, but 
somebody really bombastic and charismatic and somebody really serious and and awesome at emoting to play Salieri. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, the, there's a whole audience for this. It's sexual. It's got that that tales of ribaldry from high court uh, drama. It's got loaded with sex and scandal and these beautiful operatic pieces that are lovingly recreated. The the 18th century Viennese operatic experiences, like you're you're fully there. You're transported there. Um, I think this is a, I think this is easily a single quadrant movie, and I don't think this makes any money today. Yeah. Okay. There's no way kids are going to see this movie. Yeah. The 18 to 25s are not going to see this film. So you're only going after adults. And I don't and I just think yeah. like it'll be a it'll be a, a female audience over there the There are more of... boomers than anybody right now still on, yeah. on Earth. So if you yeah. if you, you get them in. I don't think it yeah, I don't I don't I, like I said it to me it's a single quadrant film. I don't think it makes Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe you're right. But Anyways, didn't stop me from enjoying it. Um, like I said, uh, okay. it's, it's been a really long time since I saw it. Um, I always remembered it, like think, like remembering, like that I did enjoy it whenever I did see it, however many years ago it was. But so I was, I was happy to know that. Uh, yeah, I think it's still. Um, and period pieces always don't don't sort of like don't are always sort of on vogue in the sense that like there's nothing in them necessarily that that goes out of style, right? Because. Right it's already out of style, right? right. Just because it takes place at a different time. But so yeah, there's like, to me, there's nothing in it. That's um, uh, certainly nothing offensive. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again though. So whatever that, you know, somewhere, but it's, you know, I guess. Uh, Steve enjoyed <laughs> this. So that's a positive review. Yeah. Let's just do that. Please rewind. Steve says, or I'll say for him. Uh, for Amadeus, thanks, Steve. Uh, any any final thoughts before I before I go then? No, go for it, buddy. All right, all right. Um, well, um, I had a lot of thoughts about this movie. Um, the setup to me reminded me exactly of Interview with the Vampire. I was and thinking then, this. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. Many, yeah. many, yeah. many times mm -hmm. during this movie, it also reminded me of Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, because of his whole war with God. Uh, over his broken heart. Mm -hmm. um, very, very uh, right out of Bram Stoker's Dracula. And also I found his old age makeup to be very simil similar to uh, Gary Oldman's uh, <laughs> Dracula, old age Dracula makeup in mm -hmm. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, um, but amazing. Like just, uh, I don't know if this, if this level of work has been matched, like all this amazing indoor lighting is by candle in, in all these opera scenes and all these like parties indoors. Um, and they look beautiful and you're transported there. You feel like you're right there. Um, I, I felt like, uh, other other top. Well, it, it won for best art direction, uh, yep. right? And well, makeup, it should have yeah, yeah. costuming and makeup. But one, yeah, got all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they re like Amadeus really enjoys himself uh, with the costuming, <laughs> um, and it's beautiful. And uh, and Salieri also has beautiful costuming. It's more subtle. It's more conservative, but it's like very very rich and ornate and detailed and. Um, Fantastic, gorgeous. Um, I the story though for me, I found it a little bit light. I found like it touched on so many serious, dark, heavy, like um, subject matters, 
but kind of just kind of like skims over them and uh, it spends a lot of time reverting to the music which is great and telling the story of the music and educating you about um well about mozart's um music and it's got most of his famous operas portrayed in them um and recreated uh, like amazingly and for all those reasons it's a, a wonderful like masterwork to me the story doesn't pull me in so much and i find myself analyzing it a lot and not uh, always entertained by it as much as just appreciating it i guess i want to say um i guess i didn't i didn't feel as pulled in um by this yeah I, well yeah just quickly to your point like i think well it leans more uh like camp than like yeah like the serious yeah. any serious tones are washed away by it, this could easily be a comedy right yeah yeah. And it is funny in a lot of yes. a lot of places. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then it goes like super dark, like, you know, like to the old man in the in asylum who's dying and he's like shaking his fist at God. He laughed at me. I'll laugh at him before he's, you know, and I'll kill him and all this like dark stuff, you know, and him slitting his own throat in the beginning of it. Um, super dark stuff everywhere. But like it doesn't focus long enough on any of that darkness to really delve into it um, yeah, dramatically. Uh, mm -hmm. I find mm -hmm. I, so so I found it to be like a like kind of a romance novel-y kind of uh, level of storytelling, right? Like, um, and uh, yeah, so I appreciate it, but I didn't uh, I didn't find myself compelled pulled into it, or, and I kept thinking, man, if Robert if if young Robert Downey Jr. had played this character instead, and I and I think young Robert Downey Jr. took notes and borrowed from this character for him for his portrayals of. Um, like uh, Chap uh chaplain or something or, or chaplain uh, and uh, um sorry. sherlock, sherlock, sherlock. Holmes. thank yeah, you yeah yes yeah. um uh, i definitely see um uh borrowing of the work there um <laughs> well, he's, he, yeah there's a flamboyance that's required for this part which he yep. which downey jr does well for sure yeah <laughs> or used, anyway. to, used to do well anyways yeah um i i yeah i did do some research on how historically accurate this movie is and it's pretty decent uh historically accurate um most of the main characters are are in the right time in the right place and uh, most of the events are pretty accurate um and the ones that aren't provable are like minor and not not huge or, or crazy um and uh and like i said it's like a great educational piece uh it teaches you about his music um if you enjoy um musicals if you enjoy opera then then you just will be thrilled through this whole thing because there's a lot of amazing stuff in there for you um, interesting decision though to make sally salary um i mean almost asexual right whereas uh, to, apparently... to insinuate that he was then really really in love with right Mozart, i think yeah Right, but when you have nothing, when there's no juxtaposition there, you just you, it, that's an easy leap, right? Yep, like yep, it'd be yep. better, like because in real life, apparently he was married with a bunch of kids, so like right. that would have been good to see a scene where maybe his wife's trying to get his attention and he's like right. just drooling over fucking Mozart, right? right? Like yeah, uh, yeah, no, I I I saw a story uh, in real life. Um, Salieri uh, had an episode where. Um, Although he was the court composer for the emperor, um, I guess he didn't make a lot of money and he wanted to make, get married and he couldn't. So uh, because um, he didn't have enough income for uh, the woman he wanted to marry for 
her father to approve of the marriage. So the emperor gave him like another job, a, a side gig to make more money so Mm. he could get married. Mm. Um, so he was very tight with the emperor. And um, and uh, I think he was portrayed pretty accurately from what I saw, Okay. um, he, he, including the fact that he did actually, uh, he was hospitalized for the last couple of years of his life, not, not in an insane asylum, but in a hospital, uh, like a very nice uh, hospital in Vienna. Um, and, uh, and he had, uh, been reported to have claimed to have murdered Mozart at one point. And there was a report that he did try to commit suicide by cutting his own throat at one point. So, um, a lot of super, uh, accuracy, uh, in there, um, which is cool, uh, because that's, we can't say the same thing about the next movie we're going to talk about, um, So, uh, you know what? I also really enjoyed it. Uh, I, th I really think it's a, a worthwhile rewatch and I think it's worthwhile for, um, people to continue rewatching this because it's, it's not only a great, uh, piece of piece of work, it's, um, educational. Um, Hmm. and, uh, and, and you'll learn some stuff about classical music and history, uh, from this movie. Um, so, uh, totally worth your time. I think totally worth our time this week. Uh, thank you. group for voting for Amadeus. Um, I remember owning the uh, Falco song on 45 uh, when it came out. Um, this year was also a, a great year for the band Falco. Um, and uh, their hit Rock Me Amadeus will always uh, have a near and dear place in my heart. So please rewind Amadeus, says Jer. Thank you very much, folks. Yeah, I'm glad they voted for this one. I, I, you know, was disappointed last week, but you know, uh, it was good. I thought maybe they would go with like a beautiful mind or something for this type of round. So, right. um, I was uh, happy, pleasantly surprised with with uh, with the voting this time around. Yeah, me too. And you know, this next movie that we're going to talk about uh, was once in my top five favorite movies of all time. <laughs> all right. So, On that note, Braveheart. Um, release date <laughs> May 2 4, baby, 1995. 1995. Directed by that anti Semitic woman hating piece of shit, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Written by Randall Wallace, no relation. Starring, no. of course, that piece of shit, Mel Gibson, <laughs> Sophie Marceau, Patrick Maguha, Catherine McCormick, and a bunch of other uh, fine, fine. An amazing cast, yeah, except for that cast. piece of shit, right? Great casting. <laughs> and it's too bad. We'll talk about what if could have been here in a second. But um, made uh, $213 million on a $70 million budget. Not too bad. Not bad. Um, and. Uh, Nominated for 10 awards, Oscars, won five of them, won half of them, uh, including uh, Best Picture. It won uh, up against Apollo 13, Babe, Il Postino, and Sense and Sensibility. He won Best Director, beating out Chris Noonan, Tim Robbins, Mike Figgis, and Michael Radford. No um, no uh, Ronnie Howard nom for Apollo 13. That's interesting. Mm, that is interesting. Um. So uh, for screenplay, though, Randall Wallace lost to Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote Usual Suspects, which I did not know that until looking this up. You didn't know it was McQu him? McQuarrie wrote Usual Suspects, yeah. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that till now. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, maybe, uh, um, I don't know if people are... what they know and what they don't know. And maybe they're like, who cares who the fuck's Christopher McQuarrie? Well, Christopher McQuarrie 
would of course go on to um, write things like, uh, well, he wrote Top Gun Maverick last year, uh, Mission Impossibles, The Mummies, um, Jack, Re- a lot of Tom Cruise films, Jack Reacher. What am I forgetting? Um, oh, Adam. Yeah, he's a big Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise loves him. He's written a lot of his stuff. Um, so anyway. Hits, baby. Hits, baby. Um, big hits. And, uh, you know, I guess I don't want too many problems. That usual usual suspects I know is sort of like a, you know, like a pretty good script. It's it's, it's, a, it's a talkie, right? That's got that it, twist. It, it's, a, it's got that, that, <laughs> that boy abusing twist. <laughs> yep. Jesus. Anyways, um, this is the time we live in, Steve. It is all, yeah, the, sure. all of yeah. the secrets of our boyhood heroes have come out, <laughs> and we are ashamed. Oh God. Um. So yeah, this is um. Yeah. Listen, this this came out during sort of like the the height of the HQ collective, I would say, or yep, in around yep. there. Um. And we um. In, interesting fact. Um. Once we started to see it, I mean, I don't. We saw it a bunch of times at the theater. Like yeah. we went every Tuesday for, for a, a few weeks, anyways. Yeah. Um. I remember though, you guys saw it before I did. I don't remember why. Oh. Yeah, I remember this, and I remember you. I the first time I saw it was like you and uh, maybe Bill. I don't know who else was there. It was your second time. Yeah. You had told me about it. You're like, you're gonna love it. So you were pre annoyed. You did. You didn't want to go in. You didn't want to like it, right? <laughs> yeah, sure yeah um but i remember like you guys being like you're like you're gonna flip out like it's fucking insane and yeah 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 whatever it's like a roller coaster whatever a, words you in, use in a theater seat yeah and and not only just the experience of seeing in the theater with no of course like spoiler zero knowledge zero anything right right and so like yeah like even though you know mel gibson should die yeah. Um, you know, back then, <laughs> you know, like he was a big deal, obviously. Yep. Um, and you go into this film with zero expectation and it, all of a sudden it starts and you're in this world yep. and you're immediately sucked into it. It's very submersive, eh, this film. Um, the soundtrack. Look at, this, by- look at the scenery in the opening like helicopter shots. The like, pipe, the pipes kick in, and the score of this James Horner. James Horner's score, score is amazing. This is John Williams level work. If if well, Hor- listen, Horner died too, way too young, unfortunately. But I mean, the guy, you know, between this and Glory and Titanic, like he was on his way to being like, you know, Hans Zimmer. I know gets a lot of the stuff nowadays, but like right. James Horner at one point was was like the he was the Hans Zimmer of that period. Yeah. Um, he was a huge, huge, huge composer and was getting huge, gigantic films. Um, and this soundtrack is amazing, right? Like it's, oh God, it's, yes. it's, it's emotive. It's, it's, it's hits all the right spots. Like the end title sequence, the score is, I still, I listen to it once in a while. It's still great. Um, it just, and it puts you right back in that. And that's what I'm Magic. saying. Like everything about this film is so, so you just, it's so immersive and cinematically. Uh, I know. Right. It, like and then you know you the it just right away it's rolling and then there's this like this the meter like and I mean like a metrodome like just this tick mm-hmm, tick mm-hmm. tick and it's like building and building and you're like oh, I think and then you get to the tension, you know the, the t- and then you get to the scene tension. where he comes up on the horse right where he's surrendering 
it's but he's like got like that animal ocean. horn tucked in his hair um and then boom <laughs> right and then like the the violence starts and then it's just from there it's just fucking just relentless like it's it's insane yeah yep. um so i remember that i remember the very 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 vividly being in the theater for the first time and just like holy fuck and uh like I was, I remember like gigg you're giggling. Like it's so the hair on your arms. Yeah, up. it's not yeah. funny. You're just giggling. That's the reaction because yeah, yeah. it's so intense. It's so intense. Visceral adrenaline rush. And like, and you're never like it. And it's and because it's because it's made so well, and because you know it's so like, um, you know, like the pathos is like <laughs> insane at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Like. And you see the her get, story. You see her get story, her throat cut. You it, see her yeah. her throat cut, tied on the pole by that English fuck. Mm -hmm. And he, and he's you know and, and he's she's her last second. She, you she, just spent forty minutes being manipulated to be in love with that woman. And her and eyes are look are are checking the horizon. Looking, want, looking for, him. for him on the horizon. Yeah, one last time, mm -hmm. and then the throat cut. And like you never wanted. It's like the shark in in my octopus teacher. You never wanted something to die more <laughs> than this English whatever yeah. captain or whatever he was. Um and and then it just starts and you're just yeah, you you're rooting so strong for these guys. Uh and at that point too, you've also fallen in love with this cast, right? Like mm -hmm. his buddies and the brothers. Yeah, right? And like he, he just puts they're put together so well and they're all great and you're just so into it and uh and the end like you're crying at the end like it just right it just doesn't it doesn't seem to miss a beat does it like even when you rewatch it you're like eh. you're crying at the end of act one i hope like yeah like, like you're just like it's you're, it never misses a beat and it never once sort of like it's a masterpiece of filmmaking yeah if you overlook the piece of shit who did it. yeah yeah it, okay if anyone doesn't know why we're calling him shit, I mean, just Google Mel Gibson. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's, you know, from his, from those tapes that were released a long time ago, about the stuff he said to his wife at the time, which is just like, just insanely awful um, to his anti-Semitic, crazy, crazy, ultra Christo fascist views on religion and, and, and like other religions, I should say. And, and then, then his Hollywood baby trafficking conspiracy stuff that he's, <laughs> that he's been on for decades at this point, which no one really knew about. Um, and like he's he's fucking insane, like he's batshit crazy, and yeah, and and for all and not in a fun way. Before right? like, before like, the anti-Semitic stuff came out, even before the violence in his relationships uh, stuff came out, like people started to talk about how he was building his. his a, a catholic church in his mansion in hollywood and how he was like 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 when he made uh that jesus movie passion of the christ yeah. no yeah passion of the christ was that the yeah 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 no last passion. temptation of christ is the last scorsese. scorsese is it the scorsese one yeah passion with another fucking crazy shithead jim caviezel yeah <laughs> look that guy up like talk about like queuing on weird shit like that guy's insane um but but we didn't know at the time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we just knew he like man he just like he made a movie where you see jesus get the shit beat out of him for three hours yep and you're like oh wow and he just come off was that before or after apocalypto like it's like he was making these fucking like avant-garde 
films, paying for them himself, right? Because no studio would back him. Um, and he was so good at it. <laughs> he was making these avant-garde films that were like great. Yeah. And you're like, and no studio was making movies like that. He went, he was every bit the rogue filmmaker. Yep. More than anyone else. Like yep. Tarantino is not a rogue filmmaker, right? Like he still needs Miramax money. Yeah. Um. Like what Gibson was doing with those two films anyways, was like insane, insanely roguish at the time. And again, he, and when you get, when you pay, when you make it yourself, you get to do whatever you want, I guess. But, yeah. um, but yeah, pretty, pretty insane. And like, he was the biggest star in the world. Right. I mean, he Braveheart he, and then he went to ransom and then he like, he was like, he yeah. was a powerhouse in Hollywood for a while. Um, and then slowly, you know, just like every couple of years, something would leak. And uh, yeah, I don't know. And now he's just, but it's, but it's not like, it's not fun stuff. Like, it's not like yeah. Charlie Sheen, no. <laughs> right? Like it's, yeah. da it's dangerous rhetoric. It's, it's, yeah. it's violent. It's, it's bad shit. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, we didn't know it at the time. Um, or maybe some people did and just didn't care. It's, it's. But this brings up the this is the Harvey Weinstein conundrum, right? Mm -hmm. The separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I'm con like you watch this. I can't look at Mel Gibson now and not think of all this bad stuff. Right. I wish I didn't, but I do. Yeah. Um, I can't look at Tom Cruise without thinking of Scientology. I right. can't look at like I just I don't have that in me. I'm not built that way. Yep. Um now now when it does when I say I can't look at these guys without thinking of those things. I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I've I've put a dead stop to all of their work. Right. Either, right? I just, like, you know, I have with Mel Gibson. I haven't seen anything he's done. Anything. I, I, I don't think I'll ever years. watch. I don't think I'll ever watch Will Smith again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I don't think anything can bring me. Yeah. To, I haven't watched to, the Will Smith movie and to watch something with Will Smith in it again. I want to go. I'm going to have to look this up. Like, I don't remember the last Will Smith movie I saw. It's been yeah. a long time. And for the same reasons that you're saying. Yeah, like, I just, yeah. I, I'm not, I don't have that in me. I remember there was a poll at the time, and they said, you know, can you, during the Harvey Weinstein, can you separate the art from the artist? But 60 some odd percent of the people said they were able, we're going to continue to watch Harvey Weinstein films. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not judging people. I don't, you know, do what yeah, you want. Yeah, me neither. Do what yeah. You, yeah, no, do what you want. If you, yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, you know, the big, the big sort of ar argument you hear to that, on the pro side is that like, well, there's also hundreds, if not thousands of people that go into making a film and they're all, they're not all Harvey Weinstein's and support the work. And uh, right. Of course. And, yeah. Of course. And that's, and that's great. But, um, okay. I saw Ali. I didn't see that. Didn't see that. <laughs> didn't see that. Didn't I haven't. Okay. There you go. I haven't seen a Will Smith movie since men in black two. So oh. it's been 21 years and look what I've missed. Yeah. I robot. Hitch, Pursuit of Happiness, I Am Legend, Hancock. I saw like Another Men in Black. And I mean like a film with him. Like I saw Anchorman 2. And he he has he has a cameo. Right. So but I mean like, a, like I, I think you mean that too, like a Will Smith led right led film. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I so I haven't seen it's been 21 years since I've seen a Will Smith film. And there's been a lot. So um and and uh, Tom Cruise, I haven't seen I haven't seen the latest. I didn't see Maverick. I haven't seen any Mission Impossible since the second one. Um, I made myself watch Maverick. I did you? Yeah. I 
Did you like it or no? It's it's people love people loved it. It's gross. Is it? It's, yeah. It's like it's eighties worship. It's 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 just like it like it. Wouldn't it be cool if we could turn the clock back to when everything was like this? I don't understand. And and taking everything seriously from that point of view. Do they explain in the movie why Goose's kid is in it? Like, what is it about Goose's life that would make you want to join the, the Air Force? Right? Yeah. Like, if my dad died in the Air Force, I wouldn't join the Air Force. Yeah. No, good point. Um, but, and his uh, mom probably wouldn't have let him. Meg Ryan wouldn't have let him either. They talk about her. She's. I, I don't remember the... But but they talk about how, uh, like, uh, Maverick has like known the kid, mentored the kid his whole life, sure. and and kept him out of the academy intentionally for his own protection. Mm. Okay, and, so they do talk so about it a little bit. There's yeah. tension between them because Maverick held that kid's career back because of what happened to his dad. <laughs> um. <laughs> And, and yeah, it's awful. And then and yeah, and then and then and there's a scene where the kid is in the bar playing Great Balls of Fire, and everybody around him. No, and, they and, did that. And Maverick mm. watching through a window, remembering wistfully days gone by. Like, yes, they do all that, dude. They go there over and over in that movie. Hmm. It's like it's uh, what, what what's that movie where that's got all the IPs in it? That's about the video game future that everybody worships the eighties. Ready Player uh, One. Yes, yeah. it's like it's like the theme of that movie, but brought to life. You know, like right. it, like treated as like a real thing. You, I don't know. It made a lot of money. So what? Like, like I don't know what I'm even going on about. But uh, to me, it was just like. Ugh. So yeah, it uh, that's too bad. Um, but yeah, so you know we're we're talking. You know that it's, it's. I mean, I, I don't know. I think like Tom Cruise is the thing with Scientology. I mean, if I had to rank, you know, the, I guess Gibson, Gibson's worse. Um, yeah, but uh, well, depending on depending on what <sighs> some of the stuff you hear about what goes on in Scientology. No, 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 no. I'm no, I know, no, that's bad. And like just by being associated with it, to me, you're complicit. Maybe you're a human trafficker. Yeah, the child labor <laughs> and stuff, and the, the things they do to people who try and quit, right? Like ruin yeah. their lives financially. Yeah. Like, no, it's bad. It's bad, bad. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So I don't know. It's um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I I've definitely cut a lot of actors out of my life because of stuff they've done. So right. I'm not I'm not I don't I've got some scruples but not that many. Right. And uh I'm definitely willing to like only go so far with with certain people. So I mean the big like you look at like the stuff with Vince McMahon the last few days of wrestling, you know, yeah. stuff that came out which is just fucking horrific shit if it's true. Yeah. Um you know, if it turns out that it is and you know, I'm I mean, he doesn't even, I haven't given money to that company in a long time. Like anytime I do watch something, I don't pay for anything to watch their stuff. So, I mean, they're not getting any money out of me. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just by the same time, you're like, how many people knew about this? Mm -hmm. You know, and then like all these people, uh, it's just sucks, right? Because you don't want to hate a whole a company that big for the yeah. action, for the actions of one person. But I mean, obviously more people yeah. knew, nor, knew but I don't know, it's tough. So you know, Braveheart, yeah, right? Like he's been involved in so many right-wing political, like so much. Like, oh yeah, no, no, they're, for sure. They're like yeah. they're so tight with the Trump family. Like, yep. I, I, I've been, I've, you know, not been talking about the fact that I 
refused to look at WWE entertainment for political reasons for like at least a decade now. Yep. Yeah. No, it's yeah. and that's legit. And yeah, now for yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. I mean, that's that's the you know as good a reason. Like that's, and I mean, and then especially the stuff with with you know now you know and UFC's worse. Go ahead. Oh wait. Oh fuck. Way worse. Yeah. Dana White slapped his wife in public on video. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nothing happened to him. Donates, like, donates he, millions to Trump. To Trump. Well, Trump yeah. goes to his events. It's in the front row. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. At least a sour taste in my mouth. So for sure. Um. Yeah, and so we've got here we have, you know, Braveheart, which is, you know, objectively a you know a, a good film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 it's, it's tainted now from because like and yes. it sucks because when you read about it, you know, apparently it was almost gonna be Brad Pitt in the lead role. Yeah. Um and then Jason yeah. Patrick apparently was considered like but what wait a minute. Still directed and by, yes, yep. By Gibson, Gibson was just going to direct originally. Uh, yeah. that's, that's interesting because I spent a lot of time on my rewatch thinking about how he portrayed himself as right. the hero in right. this film, right? Yep, he spends a lot of time in this buckskin sleeveless shirt showing off his arms. His hair is like kind of teased up and kind of glamorous looking through most of it. Yeah, he looks like he's in like an 80s, like a metal video. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, now you wrote and directed and you're filming yourself and you're like, you're portraying yourself as this character. Like, 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 like all this thought and attention went into how he portrayed himself. It's weird. It's weird when you watch it and think about that, right? Yeah. Um, And that pulled me out a little, a little bit from this experience. But imagine if it was Brad Pitt. What a, wow. This movie would have been so much better. Probably. Yeah, it would have been insane, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he decides to do it himself, and then we have what we've got. What we've got. So, but yeah, it's uh, you know, and, and he, originally there was some funding issues, but he you know he worked it out. But um, it's it's too bad, right? It just yeah. sucks. It just yeah. sucks. It just yeah. sucks, right? Because you know, it's like it's 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 a great film, but you know his. Too much melt. His fingerprints. Too much. Too much of his fingerprints are all over it. And yeah, um, there's a little bit of homophobia in there. There's not a lot of his of, of his evil politics, but uh, there's a little bit of negative portrayal of the homosexual characters, which which is completely blown out of the water. Um, uh, historically, like there's no historical really accuracy. No, the, yeah, these, no. This besides is besides a few people's yeah. names and a few names of a few battles locations yeah like yeah bannockburn and stuff like that are all like our known things but and like the robert the bruce stuff was completely distorted and mm-hmm. um but i mean it's but it's it's it, and he never had a wife who was murdered uh, on record that that anybody knows about okay yeah and like, so yeah it's just uh but it just does such a great job of like and that's the thing even when he's not on scene like there's great right or great yep. great stuff anytime you're Anytime you're with the king doing his stuff is fantastic. Obviously, that guy, that character is so great. Um, but and his side characters are all great. And like just it's it's casted well and everyone like showed up, you know, aside from the two guys yep. making the sword fighting in the background. You know, everyone showed up and the violence is gritty and wonderful and brutal as it should be. Everyone's it, it looks everyone's dirty. Right, mm-hmm. which you, they should be like. It's very much. It's so accurate. It feels accurate. Like they feels. look. They're cold. They look cold and wet and yes. damp and smelly. They, feel, and, they look cold through yeah. so much of this. I think that so many times that like they look like they're fucking freezing. Right? Yeah. yeah, and yeah. like, and there is. I believe that they kind of maybe were. I mean, there's. And yeah. this is a, a weird thing to focus on, but right after him and Morin 
you know, do it for the first time when they're married and uh, she's dressing him. Yep. And he's got, you can see his breath. Yeah. Both of them. Because yeah. He, and yeah, his, and his, his nipples are fucking rock hard. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. So like I, it did, did look like it was cold. Like, yeah. I didn't look, it didn't look uh, manufactured. Um, you, you stand naked by a river in, I, I don't Did they actually film in Scotland or is it New Zealand? I'm not sure. I think but, it was mostly, uh, I think it was New Zealand, but yeah. Um, yeah. You freeze your, you freeze your ass off. And it's, and it, it's not, there was no computer. There's no way to workshop stuff with yeah. the crowd right like when you right. see a thousand people charging into battle there's a fucking thousand extras charging into battle yeah um and of course the famous speech and the and you're, you're right the rock star stuff with him riding in and they got the, the war paint on and yeah it's listen it's it's not a true depiction um but you know they they it's dramatic it's heavily dramatized but it works but as a movie it's it amazing. works yeah no it like- works and like <laughs> and by the time you get to the end and you know, it's and and to end on that note, the way it ends with him being torn to pieces, and then you know, like I like, I still like the way they give you a hint of what they do to him without showing it. Yeah, um, you know, disemboweling him and all that stuff. Yep. And, um, but like apparently, when when he's real execution was far more brutal than was it? Okay, yeah. Yep. And so when he glances over and he's sort of in his daze and he sees Marin walking through the crowd, like that's a very emotional scene, and Powerful. then. And then at the end, you know, where Robert the Bruce changes his mind and goes back to the the good guys, and mm-hmm. you know, he has the the Battle of Falkirk. He has the the marriage quilt or little blanky yeah. thing, and I don't know how he got that, but uh, the chevron. And it's just, it's it's just, you know, it's great. And you, you leave that the, like the sto- the sword lands in the ground, and he has that last little blurb about you know fought like warrior poets fought like men or whatever. Yep. It's Scotsman. It just yeah, you're you, like you, right. Remember leaving and you're like, <laughs> like yes. you know, like Inspired. yeah. All of a sudden, Inspired. everyone was Scottish for a while, yeah. right? <laughs> like you felt great, yeah. So, um, which I am on my dad's side. Um, and apparently, if you go back far enough, there is some Robert the Bruce in there somewhere. Well, there I was to- I was told once, but that turncoat, yeah. So it's um. Yeah, it's it's but again, you know, it's like now we're like we 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 can't help it. We were not I can't shut my brain off. I can't not see Mel Gibson. Right. So but but I still have the immature thought watching this like fuck, if he just made a Star Wars movie, how fucking good would it be? Cuz <laughs> like I didn't give a shit about Scotland before I saw this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. all of a sudden I care about Scottish history. I don't give a shit about Scottish history. It was just an awesome movie, right? That's why I love it, right? It, it, but it didn't have to be about Scottish history. It could have been he could have made up a great movie about anything. It, it set anywhere, you know, and done it the way he did this and it still would have been amazing, right? Like that that that's kind of the point is like it's a fucking great movie as much as it's a piece of shit and and it's historically inaccurate and there's a million negative things you could say about it. Still so entertaining. It's always a bummer, right? When people <laughs> we admire or people's work we enjoy and it turns out that, you know, good at, you know, good at work, not good at life type of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um it's always a bummer. It's always going to be a bummer. It's unfortunate. It sucks. And then it, it sucks because it, you know, it, it puts us in the awkward position of either defending him or, yeah. <laughs> or, or erasing him or right. them or whoever it happens to be. Right. Right. As, as a consumer. And it's like, 
that's shitty of him to do <laughs> to me, yeah. to me, right? Like yes. uh, now I have to like wrestle with this every time. Yeah. Manipulated. Like, I, like, how dare you be so good at making movies that you made this movie that I can't help but enjoy, you fucking asshole. A masterful filmmaker. Yes. Masterful. Yes. And a decent actor. No doubt. And, yes. And, and I have to feel guilty if I watch even a second of it. And that sucks. And the I hate character portrayals yeah. are so moving. Even the child actor who plays him in the first yeah. t- 20 minutes. of Oh, this Brian Cox, right? Is... I'm your uncle. Yes. <laughs> so real and so emotive and powerful and just amazing. Amazing. Outlawed work. tunes and outlawed pipes. Like I'm telling you, it just it hits. It, it, yes. it, 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 it constantly fucking Most cooks. quotable. Most quotable movie of all time. So. I think I don't know how long you did it after, but I felt like for years you like off with I their ho- off with their hoods. Off with their hoods. <laughs> I still do that. I still do that to this day. Like it's um that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's carnal in a way it's like it's like uncommon valor or like you, band of brothers like you said you know like it's it's carnal it's within us it, it it taps into this sort of like these this naturalistic thing and and, and uh it's a science like, like yeah it's, it's oh all, yeah it's yes. all part of yep. the plan it's all a master yeah. work of a master craftsman yeah yeah, and and it's and it sucks because you know I have to say I'm never going to watch it again. I watch it for this as well, agreed as agreed upon, but I'm never going to watch it again. And and well, because of, because of all the reasons, um, and not because it's not a great film, but because yeah. of the person involved. And that's where we are. That's 2023, well, 2024 now. Yeah, it's 2024. <laughs> so Steve is going to say, I guess it's a be kind. Even I though- guess. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, imagine me saying that. You know, no, I can't. At one point, yeah, I can't. In the nineties, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts then before I go? I remember getting you a Braveheart poster for your house in yep. uh, <laughs> Scarborough or or yep. uh, Pickering West, whatever you want to call I it. I kept it up for forever. Yeah, for yeah it was yeah. a thing. It was yeah. a thing. Anyways, so yeah, no, that's my final word. Well, thank you, Steve. Um, what a journey, huh? Like. Uh, <laughs> This movie and us, uh, we have a relationship. Um, to yeah, be sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, sitting down, it's been a while since I sat down with it. Um, even though I do think about it every day, I do quote it every day. I like no exaggeration. I think about this movie every day. Um, it. Uh, I, I was wondering, uh, am I am I going to get pulled into it again, or am I just going to sit here like trying to pick it apart the whole time? And it fucking absolutely does it. It pulls you right yeah. fucking. And you're angry. And, <laughs> I think a, a key thing that it does is that Mel Gibson is not in it for the first 20 minutes. Right. At all. Right. Right. And you just fall in love with the score and the scenery and the and the people in the way of life and the village. And then these ama- the amazing performances with by these child actors. all of them um amazing performances and you know you go through this whole heartbreaking uh origin story with with the kid and not with mel gibson um and and you're already like fully heartstrings fully pulled like into the story um before mel gibson does the old switcheroo and goes look now i'm the kid the kid was me right um and um and he's good. Yeah, enough, he's, a good I, he's a good enough actor that he pulls it off. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, it's like the opening. You're right. The first 15, 20 minutes, you know, from the 
from the, his dad and his brother heading off to coming back like and then the dream about that room of dead bodies and yep. or no not even a dream sorry it was real and yeah, the the, no. the dream of his dad sort of dad his, the dead bodies of his dad his, um his dead dad to talks to him. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah 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 um yeah no all that oh yeah you're right the opening is fantastic and and mm-hmm. um and then the uncle is great, and the you know, of course, the gift uncle of Margot. gift gift of the thistle scene, and yeah, um, like it's uh, yeah, just it works. Yep, it's beautiful. Um, a couple of historical things. <clears throat> um, apparently, he wasn't uh, totally a commoner, and they kind of portrayed it kind of accurately because he did own land. His family did own land, and his uncle showing up. You know, his uncle didn't look like a commoner when he showed up to take him away. So when I first saw this, I was like, well, how like how poor is he supposed to be? It looks like he's got money in his family. Apparently, that's true. They were actually uh, low level um, nobles, uh, his family, um, because they own some land there uh, in Scotland. (laughs) So all that really happened. Uh, The uncle uh, really took him away to educate him. And and I guess he came back. when he was older but um you know uh again there's no record of him having a wife um uh, there is a record of him leading a rebellion and murdering the sheriff of that town um and uh and then they they actually did invade lower england successfully but they never made it as far as york that was completely fabricated in the movie right um edward the longshanks was uh was uh, a brutal king um uh a lot of stuff was wrong about his family um he, his son and his son's uh boyfriend were uh were real characters and were very good friends and were rumored to be homosexuals but they both had very normal lives families wives children both of them and uh people just talked about how you know they seemed to be really really good friends um they weren't like flamboyant uh lovers like uh like the characters were portrayed by the homophobic uh uh Mel Gibson. Um <laughs> and apparently the the palace and stuff would have looked nothing like that. It wouldn't have been all stone and and medieval looking. It would have been like really kind of nicely built up um and plush kind of um um a lot more modern looking uh, based on you know the fact that their their status in the time time period anyway say anything about because in the in the film he's very much and it starts right away with the uncle where he's just like first i'll teach you to use this and then i'll teach you to use it like he's the tactician for almost first and foremost isn't he right like he he wins by outsmarting right the brits mostly right right uh that was a huge emphasis of his character is that he was well educated yep and 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 he could speak languages yeah right right and i i and i yeah and that's true he was wealthy and he traveled uh, he traveled around the world, um, uh, around uh, Europe, uh, to try to uh, raise support for the rebellion um, against England, and, um, and and failed actually, and um, and and gave up uh, before he was uh, before he eventually returned home, and then was captured mm. and, ex- and executed, um, and uh, executed publicly and very brutally, um, uh, somewhat in the manner portrayed in the film um but they didn't show you uh them uh they uh chopped off his uh genitals and uh disemboweled him and then burned his genitals and his uh his uh guts 
in front of him before they beheaded him. Um, mm, that'll little, do it. Little fun detail there. Uh, that'll, that'll do it. That's yeah, a wrap. Yeah. That's a wrap on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that maybe he should have took that uh, that deal. That no, the numbing. Oh yeah, potion that she tried to give him. Yeah, <laughs> probably should have took so, that. <laughs> and that character, the princess, yeah. uh, apparently was four years old at that time. Um, so they never had an affair. Um, and uh, I, the, the wedding hadn't happened yet. The right. the print the princess wasn't even married um, right. to the prince yet. Um, so all of that was just uh, thrown in there for fun by Mel. And then and. That those two, Catherine McCormick and Sophie Morceau, are great as yeah. as oh, more as as the prince princess and and Morin, like just yeah, yeah. To um, you know, amazing casting, amazing direction, amazing acting. Yeah, uh, like to... this, like that. That's the thing, and like even when he's not on screen, like that's that's shows you like his how focused he was on the directing side of things. Because sure. like the scenes between like Robert the Bruce and his leopard uh, old man are great right the, yeah. the line about i don't want to betray i don't want to lose heart like that's like like right. like these fucking they're not mailing it in like nope. they're they're doing it man like yeah. there's like again the, the everyone plays their part so well they do. um you know you hate you hate it makes you you know you hate the right the, you hate the people you're supposed to hate you love the people you're supposed to love you right like it just it, it just it's seems simple doesn't it right but yeah. that's when you watch a lot of movies you, it's not it, Clearly not that simple because not everyone does a good job of that, um, right? So, and like, did he even recreate it anywhere else? Like, if you like, if you look at at the Patriot, right, which was a movie that we went into, I think I went into with high expectations. Um, because, and it's so bad, and it's so bad. And, he, and all yeah. all he tries to do is recreate this. Yeah, and he kind of fails at every category. Yeah, right. Yeah. Besides, maybe you know, <clears throat> the cinematography. <clears throat> Um, and the way the the way the movie looks, um, like, other than that, it may be costuming stuff like that. But like, from a storytelling perspective, like that movie never has any magic in it, you know, no, or yeah. inspiration in it. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyways, yeah. Anyways, Braveheart. Uh, Braveheart. I. Uh, what am I going to say? You were. Uh, you were a be kind here, even though you really enjoyed it. I, I I feel very similar to you, but I don't know that I'll never watch it again. I'm I, I'm I'll probably never put it in intentionally again. But I see it on AMC all the time, and I always think maybe I'll flip on that for a minute. Yeah. Um. And I probably I'll probably still continue to feel that way about it. Look on YouTube. I bet someone's spliced together all the non Mel Gibson scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch watch Braveheart without Mel Gibson in it. <laughs> yeah. Melless cut. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, but I think I'm, I'm maybe I'll differ with you, Steve. Maybe I'll, okay. maybe I'll, uh, you know, it's a fine line, probably. But... No, I get it. I get it. Please rewind, Braveheart. Um, I still have an affection for it. Definitely not in my top five anymore. I don't even know what my top five would be today. I should think about that. But, um, uh, still a fun movie. Um, I still enjoy it. And, uh, <sighs> Yeah, I don't love Mel Gibson. He's a piece of shit. But um, this, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can just. Uh, I see this. This is what I'm saying. I can hear you struggling with it. Like it fucking. Right. It's fuck him for putting us in this position. Yes, like, definitely. I'll right. Always, like I'll always be yeah. conflicted. I'll always be conflicted. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Absolutely true, Steve. But um, 
that's a wrap for me and Braveheart uh, for today. And thank you, audience, again for picking two really, really great movies. Yep. Um, you know, I was I was still stoked about your choice uh, this week and uh, had fun with it. Well, happy anniversary to you and the uh, matriarch of Please oh, Rewind. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, and Melinda are... celebrating three years married three now. Three years of married bliss. Yes. And uh, but together, often... much together, much longer, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. been like 12 or 13 total now. I don't even know. I should probably pay attention. Probably, you should probably know that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's good. You're going out for a nice dinner, so enjoy yep. tonight. Thank, and, you. Uh, Thank you. I think it was Mel that uh, she suggested Braveheart. So there you go. Yep. Awesome. And you are off to uh, Roatan soon. So uh, safe journey. And thank you. Um, enjoy. Enjoy. I will. Yep. I will get some sunshine. Cool. So awesome. yeah. Um. We'll uh. We'll post a poll and see what's next. Uh, lots still lots to choose from. So we'll uh. I'll come up with something. All right. I talked about maybe doing problematic directors, but. We just did one with Mel, so maybe we'll move on to something. <laughs> move on to something else, but plenty to choose from. Lots of good stuff there. Yeah, true. All right, so, cool. Well then, thank you very much, Steve, for another fantastic conversation, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and uh, it, as long as it's okay with you, Steve, um, uh, this is Jar saying bye for now. <laughs>